Hello and welcome everyone to That Brit Rest TV Show. Once again, it's me, Andy Ogden. And joining us this evening, my ever-faithful co-host, Mr Chris Wilson. Or Dan Sprinkles, as he's called this evening. Hello, Dan Sprinkles. Hello there. How's it going? Not too bad, Christopher. Good to hear you again. How you been? Yeah, dude, all right. Just saying, found it over here, seen you in person since Wembley. Uh, and before that, uh, the last show that we did about five star wrestling just two months ago. Great stuff. Um, so yeah. what we're, what we're going to talk about today is the well, it's the first episode of five star wrestling mm. on free sports, a channel that I don't think it's still going today. Um, it's probably in a different guise called Via Via Sports Extra 2. Uh, it's whatever PCW ends up on nowadays on one channel 180. Uh, but oh, is that what that fire play is? They uh, sponsor the Scottish Championship, don't they? It or, is, or one yeah. of those Scottish Cups, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um due to go out of business soon, and so um. RIP Scottish football, but um, yeah. <laughs> so th this first episode that goes on to free sports, well, there's a bit of a backstory to this one. So as we left you um, from the Dundee portion of the show, um, Five Star Wrestling had announced a 108 man, 100, 128 man tournament. Wow, did they, did this go ahead, Chris? Yes or no? Um, no. Not a chance. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, if they announced, uh, I think it was 10 different arenas who are going to uh, be in, and I think it was supposed to be a, a lot more arenas of that as well as they got through this tournament. And ultimately, I believe about two weeks before the first show was due to take place, um, I don't think they initially actually announced anything. It was wrestlers on Twitter, as per usual, started to complain about a um, suddenly their uh, nights are suddenly a lot freer, so please book me, sort of thing. I've had other wrestlers complain about how they've just lost more money in in the next six months than what they have in their entire career before then. So, so basically, it was a cry for help from uh, Britain, the Brit wrestling. But at this at this time, British wrestling would have been a this artist. Yeah, we're about to say this was uh, about middle of two thousand seventeen, and yeah, in all fairness, this was like when uh, you'd say progress were at their peak, if not critically commercially, they certainly were. Uh, Rev Pro were very hot. Um, yeah, like yeah, even like your NGWs were doing really well, like. For holiday camp store that lot icw i believe was it this year they finally made the jump to the hydro as well i think and it did. was you know I think yeah and, and i think it was this the one we did about four thousand i believe it was yeah still to this day the british record as much as uh progress yeah. tried to um take that one Just yeah yeah so i think it's more like uh, six or seven thousand to be fair but yeah they, they did gangbusters there was also Around this time, I believe the, the, before the Christmas before, there was the World of Sport TV special of that one as well. 
There was. Um, I was at that one at um, Media City, hanging outside yeah, yeah. for about four hours to to just see a picture of um, the 2017 version of uh, Big Daddy versus Giant A Stacks, which was Grado and Dave Mastiff. Yeah, that's, that's right. Me. Yeah, so so yeah, at this time, you know, a British, yeah, it's at this time like British wrestling was at its hottest, and I think the hottest it ever will be ever again. It feels like at this point. So there was definitely a market for something quite big time. Uh, it has to be said, but what we got instead was five star wrestling. Certainly was. Um, so for this arena tour 10 dates one of the dates as well was um the mn arena um but the, mm-hmm. the five-star wrestling seemed to blame low ticket sales on a certain manchester arena arena bombing and that was the event um at the ariana grande concert you know tra- tragic event and what have you but um Five-star wrestling management used that as an excuse for low, low ticket sales. Possibly one of the most undeniable <laughs> comments ever, Chris, from um, a British wrestling promoter. Yeah, I think I think you might have could have won the 2017 uh, most disgusting the promotional tactic of a wrestling observer uh, at that rate. Yeah, if this was an incredible excuse at the time. Bearing in mind. I think you they tried to blame it like not being able to like do the Manchester Arena um, date either. Bearing in mind that was supposed to be scheduled for that December, and obviously bombing happened late May. I want to say, and, and did, I think yeah, yeah. Uh, the MEN was back at the MEN was back open. I think it was September. I think it was like an old Gallagher gig or something that kicked it, it all was, back. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I was. Yeah, at so, that, I was at that show. I was at that show. I remember Nadine Coyle being one of the uh, supporters. Uh, of course, it was. It was, it, it was a gig. Yeah, it, it um, was a gig in Manchester. Of course, you were at that show. I was. I was. Uh, I was a regular. Um, also, around this time, Chris, a certain CM Punk got offered one million dollars, um, as reported by the Daily Star, um, to appear for. Um, for five star wrestling, much like the 128 man tournament, did this happen? No, uh, no, it didn't. No, I, I think it, it says a lot that CM Punk, I don't think he even actually responded to this one. Like, literally, if someone walked in the street and said, Do you want a million quid? you'd at least say, If you weren't going to accept. Except you'd always say no, wouldn't you? But yeah, five star wrestling is so below CM Punk that he wouldn't even acknowledge a billion dollar offer. I mean, myself, I think about it, but it'd have to be, I'd have to see who the million pounds is um, attached to. So if it's like, um, what's he called, Dan Hinkles or Stephen Gauntlet, to be honest, from mm. one PW, you'd be thinking, no, no, no. I'd actually want to see a picture of uh, of the one million dollars or one million pounds. Not you take a buddy advance at the very least. No, you would. No, no. You would. An advance would be yeah. like, um, was it paying free PayPal in it these days with uh, British wrestling? Oh, uh, like a Klarna. 
Klan. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, probably the reason on. probably the reason they do use Klan is that you can actually move the payment date a couple of weeks, give them a bit of breathing room. <laughs> yeah. You, you can pay wrestlers. No, no, you can pay wrestlers uh, twenty quid uh, uh, per for three instalments over six months. You know how it goes. So um, the first episode now um, on the of the free sports era takes place at the Liverpool Echo Arena. Now, I would say I think I've only been here the once, which was for an NXT um, taping. And as an arena, I would say it's it's about half the size of the um, MEN. Probably takes about eight eight to ten thousand with a wrestling setup. It's about six six to eight. It's quite it's quite a compact arena. Have you ever been, Chris? I've never been. No, no. I've only actually ever been to Liverpool once in my life. I, I did have a look at their confirm. It's about ten thousand for. Uh, a seated sort of um, like gig. You take away a couple of thousand for like production setup, but yeah, yeah, it's it's not the biggest arena in the world. Yeah, um, so um, the configuration here was probably uh, <laughs> about five to six hundred seats and <laughs> eight and a half thousand empty seats. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, it basically back to business. Uh, Back to normal business uh, versus what we saw in Dundee. And bear in mind, I don't think Dundee Ice Arena. I, I want to say that only holds like two thousand, and that looked empty. Then here we are again, in in a much much bigger sort of arena. That that was sort of the issue uh, with this um, sort of like five star talk was that they were booking all these arenas, which they're not costing a pretty penny, are they? No, so shall I run through the tour they, they announced? Go on. Uh, the, the dates that we're proposing, and obviously some of these dates will be, be familiar because we'll be talking about them over the coming months, but the tour announced was February 1st, Liverpool Echo Arena. Then it was uh, the um, the arena in Newcastle. Uh, Utility, I think it's the name of it. Name escapes me. Then Sheffield Motor Point Arena. And then the Belfast Arena. Um, then... One date they didn't announce, but they wished in there was uh, the uh, Plymouth one. Yes, which uh, we'll we'll get into. Uh, which uh, the Plymouth, which turned out to be like the best attended uh, building, and then they were going to go to uh, uh, go to Aberdeen, Manchester, Manchester Arena, Leeds Arena, uh, Birmingham. I think that's the NEC. Back to Dundee Ice Arena. Then Blackburn Ice Arena, and then they're also going to go to Cardiff Motor Point. With um, they also said that there were going to be Leicester and Glasgow dates, but I don't think we have actually committed to a date for any of those. Right. Interestingly enough, um, all of those ones I just cited, they were all announced from 2017 until I got binned off. So what you're seeing tonight is all these shows being rescheduled. So I would assume, I can't remember if people were got got given refunds but a lot of these that are actually already in the arena they're basically holdover tickets from the year before yeah and and, and to be honest it, it, like listing off them arenas there struggle, struggle to sell some uh, big, big ass arenas them ones um, especially like the lead the leads one first direct that was a 
well, it still is to this day quite um, a high capacity. It's huge. Yeah, it's about uh, 20,000. And like, it, it's a huge, huge place. I mean, I've been there for gigs quite regularly. It's, I'm not sure if you've been to Leeds, but it's an actual amphitheatre rather than uh, rather than a converted ice hockey stadium. It's actually designed for music itself. So I know um, NXT will be very fun. I think WWE's done a couple of house shows. But it, I'd be interested to see what that would look like on TV, but it's not the traditional wrestling arena setup. No, I, th- I think whoever's been dealing in black curtains around 2017 would have done a fucking roaring trade um, oh. with, with five-star wrestling. If, if, if they would have done, yeah. Yeah, um, it was always going to be a tall task to do an arena like like every single week. Like, bearing in mind, like, someone, if they were going to insist on an arena, they might have gone, okay, we'll take two weeks' worth, we'll do one on the tape delay and all that. Like, no, they are obsessed with going live every single week. I mean, yeah. um, the, I mean uh, I've got here, like, a Dan Hinkle's, like, he did, he paid for an ed- editorial on the Sheffield Star about the same time that we did a press conference, which we'll refer to during the show because it comes up. Yeah. And in, in that, he says, for the first time ever, wrestling fans here in the UK will have their own live TV series filled with some of the biggest stars from around the world. This is the first ever wrestling TV series to be broadcast live on a weekly basis from the UK and the only live TV broadcast of wrestling anywhere in Europe. So he's absolutely bloody obsessed with being live, even though yeah. I, I feel like live TV for wrestling is sort of like a slightly outdated concept in terms of like a sign of like true success. If, if you know what I mean. I mean, yeah. TNA Impact TNA Impact died on its ass when they went live. They, they, they did perfectly well uh, when they were just filming out the Impact Zone, like doing two episodes back-to-back, then editing them and putting them out. So, um, yeah, it continues to say, no more staying up until 4 a.m. on school nights to see the main event. No more paying out... <laughs> I know. No more paying out for expensive subscription packages. Like, bear in mind, you know, obviously... Uh, free sports exclusive title it's on preview it's live 7 to 10 p.m it's free it's been broadcast on major arenas all around the night kingdom and it starts next month at the Liverpool Echo arena and they'll bring the f- most thrilling and physical sports entertainment action up and closer personal to the huge number of fans who love and follow professional wrestling around the country I mean, 800 is a huge number in some respects it is. I don't mind you. Some Brit rest companies are die for that number nowadays. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, so one thing as well with it starting on, it was a Thursday night, first of February, twenty eighteen, like five and a bit years ago. Its head-to-head mm-hmm. competition for the night was the opening evening of the Premier League darts on Sky Sports One. So this oh, was very much. Very much, because Premier League Darts was in an arena and so was uh, Five Star Wrestling in an arena. So it was like compare and contrast between production setup <laughs> and mm. what have you. My God, it was night and day. I always re- remember this evening, like, you know, Twitter were around then. You could say, oh, bloody hell, the production value on Five Star Wrestling. There's no fucker there. And when you turn over to... Sky Sports One, and it's just Brit brightly lit and um, going up, going off. You know, with with atmosphere and what have you said. I think Five Stars going to struggle. Yeah, for true first, you like what that is. 
Because uh, where does the? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a darts fan. Where, where, where was it based? Is that Alexandra Palace? Um, it wasn't in Ali Pali. I think it might have been somewhere like Cardiff, or it was. It was a fair, like a half decent size arena. Might have been one of the ones oh, yeah. that um, five star had bought. Oh, also so like for, for Motor Point. Yeah, to be fair, you know, if you get that set up, you know, because Motor Point again, like I want to say, like the Echo Arena. Um, it's not like a massive place, but if you set up correctly, it can look a lot bigger than what it can do. Yeah. But one thing you don't do is basically plunge everything into darkness. Well, I don't, I don't know. This the same person who was lighting the Echo Arena that that night must work for AEW now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, definitely um, need for expertise these days. Well, really. yeah, exactly, exactly, Chris. Um, also, also, um, more media outlets for this show. Um, so it wasn't. Oh, you know, just just on free sports. It was on such websites as Facebook and mainly the Bristol Examiner, the Echo, the Sheffield Sheffield is it Sheffield Star? Sheffield Star, yeah. Um Newcastle Metro, I think it is. Or is that yeah. their Trump system? Who knows? But yeah, um, just to say this is how we've been able to like watch back these shows. Uh, I managed to basically admit these all all these shows from Facebook, uh, for, for the different yeah. newspapers. I've just kept the video up. Yeah, I, I managed to find this episode on the Bristol. I think it was the Bristol exam, Examiner. Uh, all, yeah. it, all, all three and a quarter hours. So it's like the two-hour, like TV show, and the hour and a about hour and a quarter of the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So, shall we get into um, the pre-show? Yes, let's. So, no commentary as we are plunged into darkness and the first match with um, the referee, a very young um, James Greenwood, who's um, now a staple of the Brit Rest scene. Very good referee. Um, mm-hmm. So, the pre-show match was PJ Black, the former Justin Gabriel, versus Tim Wiley. Now, Tim Wiley, I think the first time I saw him was maybe wrestling for Infinite Promotions in Liverpool, uh, teaming with the babyface Pitbull, of all people. He, he was an okay worker, but um, had you ever seen him before, Chris? I literally never heard of him until I watched this match. <laughs> Any thoughts? Not particularly for about well about Tim Wiley himself, not really, if I'm being honest with you. But I mean he did really get a chance to like leave an impression here, but yeah. Yeah. Um it was main I would say mainly a showcase for PJ Black here. Yeah. One thing I did find weird is I assume PJ Black is based in America at this point, still. Or he's certainly not like UK based. Yeah. So, so already five star wrestling, Dan Sprinkles or whoever is spunking lots of money on airfare to bring over PJ Black to not even wrestle on the main TV show. Lot, lot, a lot of, lot of money, money well spent there, Chris. Yeah, yeah, which I find pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, to be fair, this match alone, it was just, um, a standard sort of um, kicks and punches. PJ Black does a bit of uh, does some high flying stuff. 
Um, one is okay, it's like a big man sort of foil. But yeah, 35 minutes, PJ Black wins. It's what you expect, so basically. Yeah, so it was um, a springboard top rope moonsault by PJ to get the victory. And um, mm. another thing that's also, also noticeable is the, um, the entrance music that 85% of this roster will have. Awful music. There's also the biggest pop of the night later on, but I'll get to that later. We will. Um, next yeah. up in, in, in the ring is Steve the Bad Smell Linsky, who is following me around like a bad smell because he seems to be on every show I review currently about old British <laughs> Oh, he's everywhere. He is everywhere. The only thing that isn't everywhere is the rings that he uh, transports. Um, <laughs> match number two now. I'm about to say guarantee a ring to your show you get Steve Link's scheme there. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's uh, not going to nick for a ring when he's, good, when he's booked, is he? No, he's a yell. He's a yell. Um, well, here we go. Uh, match number two now. This Now, this is... Uh, some some of these characters, I will I will give a disclaimer here. I've had you know issues during speaking out and what have you. So just a disclaimer for some of the characters what turn up in here. Um, mm -hmm. So coming up, the primate uh, Jason Prime, who was part of the uh, New Nation with oh what was he called now? Alexander Hen Henry. That's the that's the fucker. Um, I yeah. think we saw him at Tidal a few times, didn't we? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This this is everyone's favourite dungeon master from uh, from uh, Scotland via Grimsby by Cleefops. I was going to say I've got rid the Hulk Hogan and Cleefops. I got rid down here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, someone shouts, "You're not so funny for a jester." Fair comment. Another thing I'd like to point out, Chris, um, is also the bell. Sounds like a knock at the door. I, I, I've got down one of those wood blocks. In there, like like that a sort of sound. Like yeah, yeah. Like, a bit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've literally made the exact same note as you. Um, any comments on these uh, on these two characters? Um. What about them in general or the match? Because the, the uh, match and in general, the, the, the match. I mean, uh, well, in, in general, they're sort of like both guys are okay. I mean, obviously, uh, Primate had his stint in NXT UK, um, sure but, but but both never really stood out to me. Um, uh, this match itself is surprisingly quick, but uh, Linsky sort of gave a game away when he announced there was only 13 minutes before the show began. And the entrances of this hadn't even started yet, so this was literally over in about two minutes. Like was, yeah, just yeah. just just sitting with Tombstone, it was very very brief. Uh, which was, yeah, yeah. I thought we'd have got a couple more minutes, but there you go. One and a half stars. To, to be honest, on the undercat, on the under undergrap scene, like Primate was built, sort of built up as a bit of a bit of a monster, a bit of a wild man, wasn't he, with his uh. Little uh, monkey, monkey mass, what he had. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, to be honest, looks looks impressive in uh, front of about fifty people in Leeds. 
does, yeah. But the problem is, when you got to a big stage, you're just sort of a five foot, foot eight man for a beard. Exactly. Well, he fitted in well in NXT UK. His tag team partner was Wild Boa. He's like, yeah. wow, my <laughs> my friends, you're an animal, you're an animal. Tag together. Zoom tag team. Brilliant. No, no wonder Smallman's got to the top reaches of WWE. Brilliant mind. Genius. Um, as we are um, greeted next with our opening titles, we are machines. I mean, this um, title sequence is very machine-like because I'm sure those um, effects, uh, you can buy them prefabricated for Adobe Premiere for about 30 quid. Money well spent, Chris. I'd say so. It's the uh, same energy as the um, Impact Wrestling. Uh, for their title sequence of 2018 would all like the little uh, crosshairs and all that lot and like the little X's. Like, literally, you could buy that. Like, if you type in Adobe Premiere Video Effects, that's, like, literally one of the first things you could buy. Yeah. Um, so, on commentary tonight, again, once again, is Joe Hendry and Greg Lambert. Joe Hendry, good face for TV. Oh, yeah. But I'll say, I, I think he does his role here perfectly well. Yeah, no, no, Lambert, Lambert, too, for me. I mean, to be fair, I picked on him slightly over the last episode. Lambert does have some, shall we say, Alex Shaneisms in terms of trying to sell the products by accidentally undercutting it a, a bit. You know, the whole, oh, we're on the telly. Oh, this is a bit like the more famous stuff you see on the telly, uh, that sort of shit. But no, he, he does a perfectly good job. And you can tell certainly Lambert's excited because... Is finally, you know, after a 15 year career getting to like content on a live TV show, it's sort of like you could tell it's like a dream come true for him. So, like, fair play to the guys. Well, to be honest, if it wasn't five star wrestling that um, Greg Lambert ended up involved with on uh, Free Sports, he would have been involved with another promotion which nearly had the Free Sports deal. <clears throat> One, Preston City Wrestling, PCW. Hmm. Yeah, so um, apparently they were like deep into talks with free sports, and the PCW's idea or their idea was a monthly three-hour special. Uh, I think live, possibly like just like live stream, but obviously with PCW sort of like production values, it will like look like five-star wrestling. It won't be like arenas. We basically be in like the, the evoke and places like that. Yeah, um, and I think they trialed it. Did they do Fright Night there, uh, live on Free Sports? Did well, that, that that, that's the one that they were going to film. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. End up doing. Yeah. So what happened was, and I could assume that Five Star got wind of it, went to Free Sports. Instead of three hours every month, how about three hours every single week? And I assume Free Sports are paying absolute fuck all for the rights to show this as well. Oh yeah, they'll be yeah. yeah. They'll just want to fill the um, the schedule up, won't they? Yeah, yeah. And bearing in mind, like I talked about, the readers earlier on and all that lot. And you know, at the end of the day, the UK is a relatively small t um, country in terms of places where you can like hold big time events. Like, um, I mean, you find this style of like uh, AEW struggling to like fill arenas you've got to do it two times a week um every single week of the year and you know that's america you know there's bloody arenas uh everywhere there whereas here 
Um, the contract with Free Sports was a three-year deal. So they'd have to find, how many is that? 100 and, 156 different, uh, uh, <laughs> well, we go back to like the same arenas, but we've got to try and sell an arena once well, a week for 156 weeks. 156 not happening. weeks, not happening. Bloody hell, they'll be no. go, going down to something like, I don't know, the Memorial Hall in Cleethorpe. Not, not, not disparaging the name of the Memorial Hall because it's a lovely venue, but... You're getting in the realms of that, aren't you? Because there's not many mid-sized venues in the UK. There isn't. That's always been a big problem with with the UK. It's just you either go from academy size straight into like Billy Big Bollocks, like uh, 8,000 plus like arenas. And it's always been a bit of a problem, to be fair, because like you think about musicians and all that lot. Once you got to the academy stage, but you can't make that jump. You know, you've literally got nowhere else to go, and you can't really jump on top of that. So, like for wrestling, you know, they've got no chance. Yeah. And um, so, what what gets mentioned here on commentary from um, Joe and Greg is uh, about this press conference that was watched by the biggest audience in Brit Rest history: two million people, biggest audience since World of Sport. The old one. Two million people watch. I mean, I'm quite absolute bollocks on that. <laughs> I, I, I think it's the uh, the WWE uh, way of counting up social media metrics. So what they've done, I reckon, is that they've looked at the impressions on every single social media platform. Like, bear in mind, an impression happens when you just idly scroll past it. Yeah. And they've, they've counted all those in, like, two million there's been two million instances of people scrolling past a promoted post and they've just gone, yeah, two million people watched bloody Jake Hager and Eddie Ryan have a pull apart brawl. Yeah. Not a chance. It's not, not happening. It's, it's basically like my, the tweets I put up on Twitter. It must have, it might have about 2000 impressions, but all the five people clicked on a link. So uh... yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I, I, I had uh, a million views uh, when I, in my shit posting days in 2019. You know, but I don't think a million people actually watched those videos. I, I don't think they did, or, or you'd be a millionaire by now, Chris. It's, it's a shame Twitter Blue wasn't a thing back then. I could have made my money and pissed off before the batship sank. So, never mind. There's um, a bl- <laughs> there's a blue sky maybe on the horizon. So. Um... <laughs> At ChrisWilson.xyz. There we go. There we go. Um, anyway, let, let's get into the first proper match now, which is for this. This is a new title now, the Tap or Snap Championship, um, where the only way to um, beat someone is um, submission based, make them tap out or snap out. Mm. Uh, so this is a five-way match with, um, let's get into the contenders here. So you have the um, Shoal Steeler, Nathan Cruz, Flash Morgan Webster in his old mod mod outfit. Mm-hmm. This is Mark Haskins. This is Joey Axel versus BT Gun. all coming out to that generic rock music again. <laughs> Yeah, and it's really weird as well because like everyone gets introduced, but for Joey Axel, they start um, Greg and Joe start going, 
Oh, you may not be familiar with Joey Axel. You know, you know, you don't know who he is, not that much. Makes me wonder who this show is targeted towards because, I mean, if, if you're just like sitting down watching the first time and you've sat down because of Rey Mysterio, RVD, blah, 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 are you really going to know who the other guys are? Yeah. And I mean, I, I'll, I'll jump in here and say straight away, it, I found it pretty incredible that five-star wrestling and then subsequently world of sport wrestling made the exact same mistake in that the opening match in their debut show bear in mind they wanted to get like new eyeballs onto it people may have even watched wrestling before they do a convoluted five-way match what is it with these fucking promoters are doing five-way matches with really bollocks rules to it yeah not and the thing is no one gets over Anyway, do no, they? no, they don't, and and the, you've also got um, uh, like the commentators aren't fully sure at first whether it's an, an elimination match either, which it turns out it is, and and yeah, it's just a bit of a, a mess presentationally where you should in your opening contest on like your debut show, you should be having like a straightforward singles match, and if need be. I mean, okay, chances are there aren't going to be that many people who are watching for the first time in this day and age who aren't already like wrestling fans. We've got to give the a new audience a chance to like get accustomed to what wrestling actually is. And instead here you've got you know, it's just a pure submission match under under a guise of tap or snap, whatever the fuck that means. And yeah, it's just it's just a bit of a mess, really. Yeah. Um, so with with this match, um, Joey Axel, um, I think I'd seen him on a, maybe a couple of future shop shows around this time. I think he was on like Excursion uh, from Australia, and they try. I think Greg Lambert tried to say, "Oh, the, the, the Australian scenes had a renaissance, and it was going like through the Iconics and um, stuff like Adam. I think Adam Brooks and what have Adam you. Brooks has mentioned, and um, oh God, who was the other one?" Ah, uh, this is someone very obvious, but yeah, yeah. If I say so, Aussie Graps is on the up as well. I mean, maybe that was a sort of hint of a grapple at back then, just to add it onto there. It, it, probably, it probably was. Um, Axel as well, he was oh, he pushed strong in this match. He uh, he got three eliminations all with the um, old is it the stretch muffler where they yeah, stre- yeah, the stretch muffler. The and bend him. Leg overhead. Looks like it hurts your neck more than when it does the actual leg because you can't really get enough of an awkward bend on it, but it's fine. Visually, it's fine as a finisher. Yeah, they're very trying to put him over big, and then he um, he, he taps out to um, <coughs> uh, to Mark Askins at the end anyway, so it really proves nothing. <laughs> Well, unless 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 um, he's gonna face him like in the coming weeks, he's just like, no, mate, you've had your shine, piss off. Yeah, yeah, go away now. Um, it was an all right opener, but um, it's a bit convoluted for a new audience. We will yeah. just thought, wasn't it that bloody six way ladder match? No, for it was a five way between. It was like rampage. Creator cancelled, like Shah Samuel, CJ. Oh, Banks. on the return, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I'm on the return one, and uh, they didn't even have their entrances. I think like one person came up, and for whatever reason, all the other four then came sprinting out from the back, and they all started brawling, and it wasn't even clear what the hell was going on. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Mark Haskins won the uh, Tapper Snap title. I think yeah. he'd go on to defend it for um, quite a few weeks, but we will uh, get into that. that. Yeah, I said that um, I, I thought the match was all right. You know, I sort of knows all about wrestling. Um, yeah, a, a, a two and a half star special, basically. Yeah. yeah. Match number four now is uh, Rampage Brown coming to coming out to generic rock music. Yeah. Now is the time for me not to pay for any proper properly licensed music. <laughs> now is the time for PBS versus. Do 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 moose. He got moose. his cue. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty pretty short match. This one. There's a few. Who are your chance for uh, Rampage? Yeah. Despite him I mean, being one of the bigger names. Yeah, no. And bear in mind what Moose doing in 2017 is just sort of like getting himself embedded into TNA. But yet, somehow, gets a who are you chance? Uh, pretty incredible. Yeah, we, we moosied, um, I think around this time, this was the time of um, when he was over for Rev Pro. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. The, the famous one, two, moose. Moose. Um, uh, chance, what I'd call, and follow him around for a couple of years. He seems to have, uh, going to like nowadays, he seems to have been, like stagnated a bit. I feel like he's got nowhere to go. I yeah. don't think WWE or, or AEW really want him. So it's sort of like stuck in that purgatory, like uh, like Sasabi Callahan and Eddie Edwards have been stuck in for all these years. Yeah, because it was like a couple of years ago, I think we were raving about him, like, but the hell, Moose is putting in this great work and he just, he just seems to have gone nowhere now. But um, back, yeah. back, back, back onto this match. Um, Decent enough, but um, a bit of a surprise result, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, Rampage uh, wins. It's, so basically, it's sort of like what you expect between Rampage and Moose. It's like a sort of hard-hitting match, loads of chops, loads of punches. I've got like, a, I think at one point, Rampage does some chops and he stamps on uh, Moose, which Greg Lambert says that uh, Rampage is showing disrespect to a man who was on, who has been on TV before in America. On impact again, <laughs> and then a little cheap shot there. Um, and then, um, yeah, Moose's hesitation drop kick, choke bomb from top rope by him as well. Um, for referee, who is this that Andrea guy who they're flying him over from Italy, even Italy, though they've got, yeah, flew him over it, as well. That's more, yeah, even though they've got Greenwood unredacted on there, um, for some reason. And then, yeah, um, referees uh, sort of like gets in the way. So Rampage hits a low blow and power driver. Batso gets a two count. Moose sort of like tries to power back up, but it's another power driver. But a power driver that gets the win for Rampage to uh, put it. If you're keeping score, it's 1 0 to Britain, apparently. Um, so, no, 1 0. Oh, Askins, 2 0. Well, there weren't any Americans in that match, were there? Well, um,. Let's let's have, let's have a see if there was any Americans in that match. Um, well, you can count Joy Axel. He was international. It's always been done as well. A, a vaguely Commonwealth, maybe I guess. Yeah, two 0 Britain. Two 0 Britain. I tell you what, we're performing better than Rev Pro against New Japan here. Come on, yes. Come on, Britain. <laughs> um. So here we go. 
the press conference footage, which has been hyped in the first mm. 10 minutes. Uh, Kip Sabian playing a doorman, I notice. Oh, God, I thought that was him. It was. You could see he's like um, feathery, blonde hair. Um, he yeah. would go on to be uh, probably the biggest star out of this show. <laughs> I know. It's so fucking weird all these years later. Like You think about the most successful British wrestlers of this period, and it's literally Kip Sabian who's had an AEW contract, which I assume must be at least six... It must be in the six-figure range. And he's had gainful employment for the last five years. Yeah. Incredible and, stuff. And you know what? Probably his best match was against Robbie X in Cleefort. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Uh, so this uh, a bit of a, a scuffle between Jake Hager and um, the English Lion Eddie Ryan, and this is basically say, Jake Hager saying oh, the Brits are not as good as us Yanks mm. um, and what have you. You know, typical easy storyline to go with. So um, mm. Jake Hager's then uh, in backstage with um, uh, interviewer Milton Keynes' own Sol Calval. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, he's he's sleepwalking through this promo. Good yeah, there's a there's a case here of like I've got my money. I'm fucking half ass in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's realised straight quite early on that he's dealing with an absolute body bike. He has to make no effort whatsoever because that press conference was done on I believe January eighth, and I had a look on Cage Match. Um, Jake Hager didn't wrestle any other time of the UK during then. So he was literally flown in for that press conference and flown back out again. Unbelievable. What a, what a, what a man, yeah, yeah. though. It's, it's the Kevin Nash way of living, isn't it? Coming for about 15 well, minutes. Well, I'll tell you, I admire him hugely for it. I'd, 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 I'd do the same thing, but, you know... I think mean, it should be half-assed, though, because, as he says here, we wouldn't be live to 18 million households right now. 18 billion households are watching this right now if British wrestling wasn't hot. So, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, what a figure. 18 million, even like Coronation Street, wish they could dream of that back in the day. And it's, it's, oh, God, it's yeah, yeah. yeah Diana, it's up there with Diana's funeral for viewing figures this show. I'm going to look for something now. A Diana funeral... Um, Viewing figures UK. How many did that get? Let's find out. Oh, 24 million. Oh, easy. Okay, so, so it was if that was watched by 31 million, making it one of the most watched live broadcasts to date, second only to the 1966 World Cup final. What was third in the list? Five star wrestling from the Liverpool Echo Arena. I think so, yeah. With uh, uh, let me just see if I can find it. The list of the most watched television broadcasts of the United Kingdom ever. Um, so, how far down does this go? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Ever, you've got the uh, 1966 World Cup final, 32 million. Um, a documentary about the royal family in 1969 uh, with 30 million. The, uh, the Yaro 2020 final, 29. Uh, Apollo 13 smashed down, 28. The FA Cup final replay between Chelsea and Leeds United, 28 million. Yeah, so, yeah. That's one and, where they um, get chits out of each other, them two. That, that's a, what the famous one. Yeah, it was. So, yeah, that's it. It's up there. In terms of most recent viewing figures, the most viewed TV show 
in 2017, so this is like early on 2018, so it's a good comparison, Blue Planet 2 with 14 million viewers. So this is a bigger draw than Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> well, we, we can actually say it's a big white elephant, isn't it? So uh, it is. Let's 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 get back into um, a pair of West Indian manatees now in the uh, match number five, which is the semi-final in the tag team tournament. We've not even seen a fucking bracket for these, so. Um, <laughs> So let, let's get in the participants now. It's the team of Max Money, which was Adam Maxted, former star of Love Island, which he was always referred to at this time. He managed to shake off that tag. Eventually, yeah. It yeah. took him years. Yeah. It did take him years. Um, and Charlie Sterling, the former Charlie Garrett, um, mm. good-looking TV tag team, these two. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is actually a very good pairing, and one of the better things that Five Star Wrestling actually did was put these two together. Versus, oh, on the scale of laziness, these are probably up, up there, eight and a half, nine. It's yep. all coming from one end, Carlito. Um, and, and his mate, who um, always followed around, well, basically Carlito followed around this, um, this masterpiece. The one and only Chris Masters, who was, um, mm. I think, on the, around this time, he was still on the one of the hottest runs of his career in PCW. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I love his tag team. It just makes me so nostalgic for WrestleMania 22, when they both teamed up and lost to Kane and Big Show in five minutes in the opener. Great time for tag team wrestling, that one, Chris. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Them, Spirit Squad, um, uh, Deuce and Domino. Mm. All the stars. So, um, this tag team match, I did put a very good tag team match. This would be something you'd see on Raw, to be honest. It's interesting. I found it more of a house show match because I wasn't sure if Carlito realised it was actually on TV or not. Because he, he like did the house show promo, or yeah, you two, you talk, but get your ass in the ring, that sort of thing. You know, Darren Pantsby over the top of the apple stuff and all that lot. Lots of the house show stalling going on. I'm not sure if he knew there was a camera there. Yeah. Um, the, with, with this one, there was a lot of miscommunication here between um, Masters and Carlito. This, I think this was mentioned by Greg Lambert. He, he mentioned the old Carlito Masters law, uh, whether mm. they had miscommunication in the past, and it uh, didn't end yeah. well. Uh, so it ended up uh, a roll up on Masters uh, to get the victory for Max Money. Um, I think we'd see quite a bit of Max Money in this um, sh very short series. I want to say they appear on every single episode. So, yes, yeah, yeah, we do. Um, and obviously, we'll see him again next time for the tag team tournament final. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah this was an all right match in, in all fairness. I mean, uh, to be fair, I put down two and a quarter stars. I, I was maybe a bit harsh on it at the time because I thought it was actually slightly better than the, mat the tag match we're going to get later on. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was very much Ali to and Chris Masters basically realising they onto a good thing. They don't need to bump. They can make all that money and then still work elsewhere with, with a good uh, bit of help. So, yeah. I would say with Adam Maxted and um, Charlie Sterling, they're, they're probably two wrestlers who you would expect to, you know, WWE 
I think I think Matt said they had a couple of things with NXT UK, but um, you know, to do more with the um, Enfield branch. I don't. He had a tryout. I mean, Max has always been a weird one for me because, to be fair, you know, I've, I've sort of enjoyed like seeing him in like your NGWs and such. But I always found him sort of a like a, a beefier Kip Sabian in that he's got everything about him, but he just lacks that connection with the crowd. And, yeah. And and you can't and you can't actually put like a tangible on why it doesn't work. But there's just this weird disconnect that he has. Where like on paper. Is like almost like a perfect like product, like especially for like a TV sort of uh, a TV based wrestling company. But it, it, but sometimes you just it is putting in a lot of effort. And the crowd just don't respond, and it's really weird uh, that he sort of that sort of happens with him. Yeah, because you think saying... like well, especially without especially that Love Island credential as well. You'd think it'd be like the biggest heel in everywhere but I, I tended to find with his sort of matches people just sort their hands quite a lot mm. yeah I think with Charlie Sterling that like he like he was athletic like this size who was mm. you know looking well in shape he, he could you know I'd seen him have a few like really good matches at PCW and always wondered like oh bloody hell they should you, you know what like what me and Jeff are like on like the main mm. show like oh oh it's our wagon to this one, and they end up not doing anything. For <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say well about Charlie Sterling. If I remember correctly, I believe he goes on the hiatus shortly after his five star run. and doesn't really come back for a couple of years. So I think, he, if I remember that right, rightly, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. But yeah, it's so like he's sort of in there at the beginning of the boom, but it's sort of not there at the end of it, and he's yeah. only sort of like reappeared in the last couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he's a tag champion progress at the moment. Um, yes, he is, yeah. Yeah. So, match number six now, the All-American, American, 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 J.K. versus Eddie English Lion Ryan. So, Eddie is from Plymouth and will become a main focus of this show, especially mm. the fabled Plymouth episode. Of course. <laughs> Can we quickly talk about the promo very cuts beforehand? Go ahead, go ahead. In, in which he says, lines don't talk, very raw, but he says it like the same conviction as soft-spoken Bobby Lashley. Well, dressed like a cosplay, just inside him as well. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just I'd take one look at him and think, oh, for God's sake, yeah, are they really hitching the wagon on this guy? I mean, no offence to the guy, but there's probably a reason why he's sort of like, Stayed to like the Plymouth Swindon sort of graps and nowhere else. Yeah, that's it. That's generally where a lot of his work were based. Um, I think he was booked a couple of times up here, but he never, uh, either the, like the shows got cancelled or just it just never happened. Um, mm. yeah, no, it was strange. Like, I, I mean, he's got, he's got the look of it like a TV wrestler. What you will say with a lot of the wrestlers, what they picked for this show, they look. TV ready from an aesthetics point of view. Um, yes and no. Um, I, I'd, I'd say in terms of the wrestling, they're there. I think in terms of presentationally, their ability to cut promos, I think a lot of them prob- probably weren't 
versus well, what you'd expect from a proper like TV product like WWE, AEW, and all that lot. And obviously, a lot of these guys go to uh, uh, go to warehouse in Enfield and will get better at it. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, so it, it's sort of a mixed bag. I'd say looking at these guys, like a lot of Britrest guys, Zach Gibson definitely, yeah, was all was always ready. There's a reason why he's trusted so so heavily from 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 Jot One. Um, but yeah, yeah. But, but, but someone like Eddie Ryan, I'm not too sure about. It was a massive push. Far too soon. I've got you know, it's a bit inexplicable that we chose him over other people for yeah. this push. Um, so it's, it's quite a lengthy match, this one. Um, well, it's been built up because of the press conference. Um, you have Hager with a running lariat that got to um, a swagger bomb, and then he kicks out again. Uh, Ryan ends up going for the Plymouth Slam, or as we find out, it's called the George Cross. A lot of English and Plymouth jokes here, um, listeners. But Hager just about um, gets out and gets um, a hold of the ropes and a bit of a roll-up for the victory. It was okay. I was quite bored up until the final couple of minutes were actually really yeah. decent, in all fairness. Yeah, yeah. So they pulled it back around to like, to sort of like a two-and-a-half star sort of match for me. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. Um Again, very much, it felt very house show in a lot of ways. Um, just sort of, sort of like doing the basics. Um, like enough people were kind of responding. There was one kid that just wouldn't shut the fuck up during this match. But it was very much a match. <laughs> but it was very much a match being wrestled at 10 miles per hour until like the, the go home sequence, basically. Yeah. I think even, not, even on the evening watching this, I was probably like, Mm, it's all right, sort of thing. Mm. But it's nothing. I think it, it it wasn't something that was stopping me flicking over to see Sky Sports darts. No, it, what I found with this show was quite a lot of the matches went about five minutes longer than what they probably should have done. But we are trying to fill three hours of TV here. Yeah. Um, so we had then joined in the, um, I think it's the car park in uh, Liverpool, uh, one week earlier. Now, it, 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 in this interview segment is Rey Mysterio, who one week mm. earlier turned up at the Royal Rumble, and now he's in Liverpool um, to wrestle for five-star wrestling. He puts over Eddie Ryan as a star. He, he must have just... Just caught a glimpse, a glimpse of the TV. Oh, Eddie Ryan! I, I remember him yeah. from my um, my summer holidays in Plymouth. Um, <laughs> but here is the star of the show to confront Ray, the one and only Zach Gibson. But quickly, um, Chris, and first, first mm-hmm. off, the Royal Rumble. So this this was probably WWE saying. Ray, you can do this one show and then you're coming with us, mate. Yeah. yeah I think it was I think Ray was basically because he wasn't in WWE for quite a few years around this period. Because he like appeared in like Lucha Underground and, and stuff like that. He did. Yeah, and what I loved about this promo was he was very professional. He like ran through, Oh, I'm here, that's promotion city. I quite like this guy, that guy. He's like running through all the points like a true professional. But you could tell when he was talking about Royal Rumble, he was actually really passionate and like his eyes lit up 
and you could tell he really wanted to just be back in WWE instead of like sort of stumbling in five star wrestling. Yeah. Um, the Zach it, 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 it's sort of, up, though. Yeah, I mean, it, I will say, but just referencing the one boy as well. Okay, it's sort of like an achievement that you've got a guy who was on WWE the week before on your show, but it, again, it makes five star look quite cheap, like second rate. And then, yeah, then, oh, then Zach Gibson like comes out for the match, and uh, it gets the biggest pop of the night. By saying so much generic crap for off right now from the music, and the music becomes its own little character of this show now. I th- you, you know what? I think online, maybe on Twitter, there was quite a few people like tweeting about this, about this fucking generic music, and I, and I guess Gibson must have been looking at his phone that night, right? I'll have that, and he, he was the first one to point yes. it out. I was like, fucking get yeah, it. I next. think so, yeah. Yeah. You like talking about how the Yanks have their own music, but the Brits have been treated as an afterthought by having this generic crap. Yeah. And then he just goes ahead and completely just buries five star wrestling. Oh, yeah. Which, he, says, uh, I find. he says the um, the company is run by punters who book this with their wrestling figures and pay 20000 for Rey Mysterio. <laughs> You know, I've always cited that 20,000 as like the figure that five star used to pay each wrestler to like, you know, fly out and all that lot. I never realized, I completely forgot it was a, a that was the from that Gibson promo. I just, I thought I'd just pull that figure out in the air, but I assume that's a shoot figure as well. Yeah, Rey Mysterio was going for a good fee at the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bear in mind they're paying this every single week as well. Like, I'm like, like you know, via Rave Stairs, your RVDs, they're not staying in the country, you know, uh, you know, for the other six days of a week. You know, they're flying home, making more money, coming back, getting paid another 20, uh, 20 grand. It's yeah, I wonder why this company only lasted five weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking wild, it's wild, isn't it? It's just. Because they're not at the end of the day, they're not making this back, are they? From the, even from no. the house, no. And I assume, like I said earlier on, I assume a lot of these tickets were comps or like holdovers from when the tour got cancelled last year as well. So, and as far as I'm aware, they're not advertising these shows very well either. So, there's like large swathes of people I've no idea about RVD and Rave Stereo Wrestling because that would have legitimately, if people knew about it, that would have brought in. A good couple of thousand people, I reckon, in 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 2017, 2018 time. But yeah, it's just like five star rest of it. Do a bit of advertising on Twitter. They've got this TV show. Oh, and now for some reason there's only eight hundred people in an eight thousand arena. Go yeah. figure. I'm just thinking if you think it's like six hundred, say six hundred people, like median times. Mm. 40 quid a ticket, that's 24 grand. That's one Rey Mysterio. Yeah. You've got to pay the rest, haven't you? You've got to pay the room, are you? My word. That assumes that everyone's actually paying to get in as well. I mean, I can tell you from when we get to a Sheffield show, I got it for free. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it became so easy to get a free ticket for the five-star shows, honestly. Because yeah. they were giving away, giving away in competitions and just desperate just to try and, you know, get the name out there. And we're just giving away free shit, basically. Um, so Rey Mysterio, another added cost. He had flamethrower dancers as he's uh, <laughs> Yeah, every single week, if I remember rightly, we might see them again. 
I'm sure I saw him in Sheffield. Yeah. So, so he, he got his own music. He did. He did, yeah. Um this this match, it's I think Ray puts in effort for Gibson. Uh, Gib, Gibson at this time, he was like definitely one of the hottest acts on the on the scene. Um he'd just been on the world of I think he'd just been on World of Sport. Yeah, he, he uh, had that match against Lugero up for the World of Sport special as well. Um, yeah. And yeah, he, he was pretty much a hot act because if you remember, you know, towards the end of 2016, the sort of, shall we say, ill-fated push, that, that main event in progress against Mark Haskins in Manchester, back to this day, he should have fucking won. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's incredible. Like, um, But a lot of places just didn't push Zach Gibson properly at all. Like Five Star Wrestling were actually the first company that properly pushed him as like a main event featured attraction, yeah. which I find pretty incredible to be fair. And you know, and as we've seen in the years since, people are still fucking up with him and obviously James Drake as well to like even to this day, it's quite unreal about how much of a raw deal that Gibson's had because, you know, as I said earlier on, it's like it's been a complete package from a, 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 well, for a very, very long time. You you would you would say as well this um, stint on Five Star Wrestling was sort of his audition tape for NXT UK. Oh, absolutely! I think he was gonna. He might have got signed anyway because he was part of that World of Sport, and they basically, by pure sheer coincidence, wink wink, they signed everyone from World of Sport between the Christmas special and the taping. So he would have got a deal regardless, but I think this helped him put him put him in much bigger stead uh, heading into the NXT UK division. Yeah, and 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 I think they actually used him on, you know, when they do like interview spots on Good Morning Britain, for instance, you know, which were always like a load of cobblers, but at least yeah, yeah. he was, you know, trusted to go on them mm. sort of go on them sort of shows and you know pr- promote 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 the wrestling. Yeah, I mean, frankly, I'm I'm amazed that he's literally just returned to the Indies. Not that that's a bad thing, but instead of like literally being like. In, a, in like a position of like Gunter's in or something like that right now, how he isn't embedded on like the main roster in the upper mid card is absolutely beyond me. Yeah, I think just going off topic here, I think it'll probably be a few months on the Indies and you'd sort of hope they get someone with impact or AEW, but AEW is just like there's too mm. many. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll end up in AEW. I reckon they're just going to do a few months. I mean, it's just basically we gave their confidence after that whole nonsense in, in NXT and then, and then reappear again. Yeah. That probably looks like the plan. So, um, any, any thoughts on this match? Enjoy it? Yeah, I did, actually. I thought this was the best match of the night by far. I actually gave this one three and a half stars. Again, no. a, a bit a bit like the... Um, Oh, which one was it? Drew McIntyre match from the Dundee show. I can't remember who he faced now. Um, that I gave about three and a half stars. Might have been John Morrison, actually. Where it, where if you just watched it out of context, you'd think, well, why is that three and a half stars? But in the context of this show, it stands out versus everything else. Yeah. It, it was just a tidy little match with... Uh, like Gibson just working on like uh, Ray's arm and then Ray trying to fight back afterwards. Um, like several attempts, but like Gibson like uses his size, like managed to grind the stereo back down with, like a big boot and like hitting steak eyes and you know, um, and all that lot. 
Um, Ray fights back with like a seat center and like the bulldog, all, all his classic spots. And then in the end, when it looks like Mysterio is going to get the advantage, Gibson just decides to kick him with a balls for disqualification because why not? Yeah, fair uh, result in all fairness. Now, but boo, like it, it gives it gives him some heat. At least he doesn't lose as well, which I was a bit worried because I forgot the result this match. I was worried we we're going to have Gibson be pinned and then try and like get his heat back. Yeah, yeah. But no, but I think this was the right result in all fairness. Yeah. Um, but I, I put as well, Gibson looked good in defeat and probably agree he's about three and a quarter, three and a half star matches. Yeah. Perf- perfectly fine. Uh, got Gibson over as like the main baddie and like what people want to see. Mm. To the um, 18 million who was watching it. <laughs> Mega star. Yeah, yeah. Huge. Match number eight now. Ooh, a big show this match number eight as we have a tag uh, the semi final of uh, the other semi final in the tag team tournament, which was um, Jordy Fleisch and Elgera. Um, oh, redacted, well redacted uh, versus Dave Mastiff and Big Grizzly. Now, big redacted was he redacted as well? I want to say he was uh, allegedly. I don't. Allegedly, I don't know. okay, okay, yeah. Um, so, if you remember Big Grizzly, Big Grizzly Bear, he was part of the stable in Southside, guilty by habit. <laughs> oh, they've old um, classic stable. Where they spelt it wrong. Many they they spelt it wrong. They, they, I think they forgot to put the U in guilty. Uh, you know, banging theme song, though. It came out to, oh, what was it? Corn song. Uh, Narcissistic Cannibal. That was a cracker. It was uh, during uh, Con's dubstep phase, if you remember oh, that one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean the dynamics of this match, two big fellas versus two smaller chaps. And it was a good tag team match, this one. Again, I thought it was just okay. Again, I this was... I, I did check this as 15 minutes, like actual, actually 15 minutes. It, it was too long, in my opinion. But again, I think the only issue for me was Big Grizzly didn't look ready for TV. He looked no, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, at least they're massive look apart. But Big Grizzly just sort of looked like uh, your dad upon uh, a single and, and got the ring. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. He um well there was a point where he got the, there was like a hurricanrana to him in the corner. It took him about three hours to flip over on. Oh fuck it out! Yeah, I made that note. Yeah, um, this is a weird match though because there was all sorts of, like weird blown spots as well. Uh, like a flash, like he's sort of like um, at one point he gets clotheslined by Grizzly and he sort of like flips weird and then uh yeah as you say the awful uh. Hor- um, bloody uh, Frankenstein from the top rope, and yeah, it's. It, I, I don't think the teams meshed as well as they probably should have done. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but it ended though uh, with Jordy hitting the seven twenty DDT and Mastiff doing a little roly poly to um, sell the effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the uh, like Jordy and Liguero got the win. I did think Jordy and Laguerre look, actually look pretty good here. Um, they did. I think I think I thought the same thing on the actual evening. Um, 
but what were it five years five years ago? I can mm. remember that far. I can't remember what I had for tea yesterday, but I can remember this man this well, three quarters of it being all right. Not yeah. Big Grizzly. Yeah, like I said, um a Grizzly was an issue, but the length was an issue. It, it, it was it was perfectly fine though. I think I gave it some two and a half stars as well. Yeah. Here we go now. Um we reach our main event time now as um, oh, I'm not gonna talk I'm not gonna talk about my backstage segment first. Uh I'm trying to think which what was it? For, for, for one with Luke King Sharp and Kid fight. Oh it, I didn't see this on the um on the Facebook. Oh was it on you? So so basically what happened was was um uh, those two like backstage just causing causing disturbance, wanting to be pop the roster, uh wanting to like um get on TV and they knock on the door and uh, and someone answers it who I'm not sure if that was actually Dan Hinkles himself. Uh, it just looked like an absolute weep, which then like uh, Joe Hendry and uh, Greg Lambert just like buried the shit out of the sky afterwards as well, like saying, oh yeah, um, you know, I, I guess that Gibson was right that, you know, it, the promoter is a weep who like books, you know, rescued using his figures in his bedroom yeah, and all that lot. Um, yeah, and uh, the, the main gag here is um, a, a, a kid fight, you know, he tries to like uh, break his way into like the... Uh, the door, like into the room to speak to management, and uh, it quite kicks the door. Like the door doesn't open, he flops to the ground. I've had another guy who's now didn't even catch, just like knocks on the door and he gets an answer. Oh, and yeah. this was all quite heavily Scottish on those subtitles, so you couldn't actually understand the word anyone was saying. But that was part of the gag, to be fair. So, hey ho. Um, well, our, our next match is the main event. Um, mm. That's my best Scottish accent. Terrible. Uh, so we have um, Zach Gibson co- uh, coming out to do commentary. Hallelujah. Mm. Uh, Joe Hendry and Greg Lambert were trying to stall for time here because there was some like technical difficulties. There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, I did off. Once Gibson was on commentary, he sounded knackered. Yeah. But it's it just wrestled very Mysterio after then cutting a big promo beforehand as well. But, yeah, if the adrenaline's probably just sort of faded away a bit, and now just. I think it did. I think his Scouse accent also uh, died off as well. The, the Scouse accent died off, and all I could think of saying was Yank a lot. So, but uh, end of a long night. It is. He just wants to. He just wants to get home across the road. Yeah. Yeah. So this main event now for the five star wrestling championship. Do, no, 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 no. It's not that music. It's that generic rock music again for Rob Van Dam. Mm. Uh, At least give his TNA theme. Oh, yeah, I was doing the Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, it sadly wasn't that. It was the generic rock music. As he faced the opponent, our five-star wrestling champion, my world. <laughs> my world. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only John Morrison. Fuck me. That's all I've got to say with this match. Me, me third note here, Chris, is 10 minutes and 50 seconds into this and they're both sleepwalking. I'm, I'm glad you thought that because I thought I was just being a bit ashed to it. This match is crap. Dog <laughs> yeah, and shit. Dog and shit. They're both knackered within about two minutes of this. And then... You've got John Morrison, who again I think he doesn't realise we're actually on TV. Um, 
he, he starts doing like a bloody drumming spot, like the blood that fucking uh, gorilla from the Capri advert with the drum kit, like do 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 on the ring apron yeah. to hit to hit RVD in the chest, and yeah, they're just chin lock. There's a surfboard switching body scissors. Then I had to check my VLC, but I didn't like stay put it on half speed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, an absolute dog shit. Boo yay kick punch sequence where RVD Chloe misses a punch by belt 10 yards twice. Then he stumbles on a spinning heel kick. They just they weren't up for this whatsoever. This is around the stage when Rob Van Dam are becoming over for um like it like as an import. He do the same four or five moves, didn't look interested. It and like Rob Van Dam now does some import jobs he'd come in for one PW when he was still a company and mm. he's seen on AEW he's been putting in a, in a shift in 2018 no. he was not fucking asked. give me a check give me my roll ups I'm going home yeah, this was a period for him as well like I think I can't remember if he'd just started an impact or if he was going to join impact or this is the period where it was very much looking like he was enjoying life quite a lot shall we say uh, he was looking a bit pushier and uh, rather enjoying the company of his girlfriend, or one of his girlfriends anyway, well, yeah. in Katie Forbes. And he basically couldn't really give a fuck about the whole wrestling aspect uh, of his career. Yeah. Um, so this this match, um, I think, ends up going about... I know we said about 10 and a half minutes in, they were sleepwalking. It's near enough 25 minutes. Mm. Yeah, it is. Um... <sighs> Them eight, the, the, you know what, you know what that the sound that's the sound of eighteen million um, power off. <laughs> Rough. I mean, yeah, if this was bad, like even if the finish was bad, it was like a superplex where then they both hook each other for a double pin, and Morrison just rolls ever slightly, so he gets a free count instead. Bad finish to a really really tepid match, not good it- at all. And Zach Gibson comes in to um, beat him up. And um, the last uh, face you see as we go off air, Zach Gibson standing tall. Correct call again. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he kicking everyone in the balls, you know, that's that's exactly what you want. Um, and yeah, at least this sort of ends on a high note, shall we say, because it, it establishes like our main character here. But yeah, not the right main event whatsoever. <laughs> My world, my mm. world. Um, anywho, Chris, in summary, what did we think of the first episode of Five Star Wrestling on Free Sports TV? I mean, it should have been called Two and a Half Star Wrestling if you really want to, you know, we should probably like call trading standards about it being called Five Star Wrestling. I mean, being a bit harsh on it, in all fairness, as a three hour sort of product. I remember enjoying this at the time, not in like a, oh, wow, this is amazing. I'm going to watch every single week. Although I did watch every single week because back then I was absolutely obsessed with British wrestling, so I was Same watching me. everything. Yeah, so I did watch it. And in all fairness, it's not a terrible show whatsoever. Um, presentationally, it looks awful because we're in a massive arena with about 600 to 800 people in. Um, but as far as the in-ring action goes, Okay, some matches went a bit long, and you know, there's nothing apart from Gibson and Stereo that sort of like really stood out. But 
it was a it was an easy enough watch. You, you could have done a lot worse with three hours of your time. It was structured quite decently enough. Seven matches, um, uh, a couple of promos, a couple of um, backstage segments. Yeah, um, it, um, I mean, I think the big thing really was they just sort of bought it up by having like the wrong match to start the show and the wrong match to end the show. Everything yeah. else in the middle was perfectly all right, though. Yeah, um, I think for myself, I think as I said earlier about quite a few of the wrestlers looked um, aesthetically for TV. I thought they looked really good. Max Money look a, a WWE mm. tag team like Pretty Deadly before Pretty Deadly. Um, yeah, I thought Zach Gibson, as we said, he was the perfect one to put over as the uh, the main baddie of the piece. Um, obviously, it'd be interesting to see where Eddie Ryan goes, which. It's the Plymouth episode, which is he's, he's treated like Hulk Hogan. Um, <laughs> bits of it, the, the tapper snap thing, nah, not not for me. It, that 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 that's even an issue to nowadays, like with some promotions who just have got a lob on for submission wrestling. Yeah, which your it's not for nah. me. Not very, and not for me either. It's quite interesting. One thing I did say earlier on in, within that press conference, by the way, apparently including the new version of John Morrison's five-star championship, there were going to be four titles revealed, and none of them included a women's division that they weren't introduced in that first one we're going to bring up later on in the year. So apparently there were going to be other titles. and So you got tap and stop, you got the main title, you got the tag team. So I'm just wondering what the fourth one was meant to be. And... Might even make an appearance yet. I can't actually bloody remember. I don't think there was a women's title. There weren't any women's matches on any specials. No, there weren't. No. Yeah, bad. It, it, and to be honest, like the quality of women's wrestling, in, even in 2018, was you know decent. You would have your your Tony Storms and your probably oh God, yeah, yeah. Ginnies and that. So they could yeah, have yeah, but... cobbled a few together. I was going to say, I know the likes of Progress were very late in the game in terms of actually having a women's division, but there were enough talent, as you say at the time, you know, who, who are on um, who are on TV in some shape or form these days. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I hope for, um, as we mentioned in the last match, no more 25-minute main events, please. No. No. It, it, no. Well... No more twenty-five minute main events between two people who can't can't clearly wrestle for twenty-five minutes. Oh, they, they, was, like... they was blowing out their ass by the end of that match. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, what's the old saying? Hide the negatives, accentuate the positives. This is very much the opposite of that one. Yeah. So that's the end. That's the end of this uh, first episode. We are going to be back for episode two of the free sports era, um, probably in a month or so. But. Mm-hmm. Chris, where can we follow you? What have you got to plug? Uh, well, plug my podcast, Cinewatchery, as always, at cinewatchery.com and Cinewatchery and all good podcasting channels, where we've just done a review of a weird paranormal activity film that's actually a side pull and basically an unofficial Japanese sequel that happened in 2010. But I don't think you've got released over here until 2022, which is really weird to think about it. Bloody, is it is it an actual like copy of a DVD because you can sell that? No, <laughs> no, it's, I think it's actually done by like the Japanese Paramount uh division, but yeah, weird one. And 
Uh, you can find me, I don't know, on the Grapple Discord or something. And, and if you can find my name on Blue Sky, chriswilson.xyz, then be my guest. Happy days. Oh, and, um, and I'm four codes for Blue Sky as well. Nobody wants them. That's how well Blue Sky is going. Yeah, he's, he's not happening. It's, as much, it's as not. Much as Twitter trying and push people to Blue Sky. No, it's not happening. No. Uh, you can follow me as ever at Oggie Part 3 on Twitter. Follow this podcast at GCP Podcast One, also on Twitter. If you've not heard enough of my voice, well, I've got another podcast I'm on currently, which is the FWA pod with Kieran Lafort and Eddie Sideburns as we go through the whole history of FWA TV. And you can go and follow that at FWA Pod on Twitter. I can't remember the Blue Sky one because it's too long and convoluted to read out. I, I think it's fwapod.bskysocial. Something. Dot something. And on, dot Insta- something. on Instagram, fwa.pod. Um, thanks for all the feedback on that podcast. It's been um it's been uh, excellent to hear it and uh, it's gonna go on for the next couple of years. Uh <laughs> Which breaks wrestling keeping me in business. Who'd have thought it? Uh, so that's um, FWA pod as well. And you know, also here is on the last two episodes of Must See Matches with um, Kieran, Eddie and uh, Mark Buckledy. As we chatted about Ilya and Walter in an empty studio in um, BT Sports Studios in Stratford and also the 1992 Raw Rumble. If you like your uh, play your ages right, that's your show for you. Jerry Sags, 28. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, so, there you go. Thank you, as ever, um, to Chris. Cheers, Chris. Uh, cheers, Andy. A pleasure, as always. Brilliant stuff. And this has been that Brit Rest TV show. Thank you very much. And see you later. Bye. <laughs>